Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. This is a show all about self-care, self-discovery. I love to bring lots of ideas to you, lots of guests, ways to take care of yourself to put your own needs, your priorities first. And today, we're talking about habit stacking and how to get in those really simple, quote-unquote simple, habits, health habits into your day in ways that you just tack it on to something else. Because the truth is those simple things are not always that simple. And it takes thought and it takes a little bit of planning to actually fit these things in, but they're so, so important for our self-care, so our well-being. So thanks for being here, everybody. I'm recording again from my very messy kids' playroom at the early hour (laughs) of the day. (laughs) Because frankly, that's the only time to do it. And I kind of like it. I like it. And, you know, survival mode a little bit right now here at the end of the summer. I always say this. I know why seasons exist because we really do need to change. And this is that end of the summer feeling pretty lethargic. It is like 98 degrees and extensive humidity here in Minnesota right now. So like you look out the windows in the morning and it's it looks like it's raining, but it's just humidity on the windows. Like it's so heavy and thick and we are ready for renewal, for, for fall. Fall is like, let's go. And it's so appropriately Virgo season when this starts to happen, when we approach that shift, that back to school energy. And we have an exciting Mercury retrograde, friends, that is accompanying back to school season starting on August was 24th is when Mercury retrograde starts in the sign of Virgo. Okay, so now you're thinking like, Oh no, Mercury retrograde, that's annoying. We've got some things to look out for. Good news, everybody. When Mercury is in retrograde in the sign of Virgo, it actually does quite well here. This is not this is not a typical Mercury retrograde. Yes, please continue to double check your emails and who you've CC'd on emails and you know prepare for some technological glitches you know, a little car breakdown here and there, that kind of stuff, like that still does happen. But there's a lot more lessons and there's a lot more, I don't know, like blessings as a part of this particular Mercury retrograde. So the dates are August 23rd through September 15th. And again, take those simple cautionary steps. But as with any Mercury retrograde, with any retrograde in general, this is the opportunity to do some reflection, to look back and see okay, where can I revise? What messages have come in that I maybe didn't hear the first time around? I need to hear it again. And in the sign of Virgo, Virgo has so much to do with routines, so much to do with setting up systems. Now, I love the beginning of the year and how it coincides, or the I guess I should say the school year. <laughs> Forever, this will be the beginning of the year, even when I don't have kids in the house, because like you can, it's palpable energy. You can feel that sort of like back to school newness of the fall. And it coincides with Virgo. And Virgo is about the details. It's about making systems. It's about fixing things. It's about what I always try to explain. It's like that new backpack. It's that new pencil case and all the fresh pencils. It's having all of your ducks in a row and feeling so excited about it. And we're there. We're at that time. And it's just such a great time to do some revisiting of like, where are my systems? Where are the details? 
what am I maybe overlooking and need to revisit right now in order to have myself feel a little bit more set up for success? So in honor of Mercury retrograde, in honor of Virgo season starting, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how to add in those simple, simple health habits into the things that you're already doing, making it a system, making it easy, making it part of the routine, the details, but not adding extra time into your day because we just don't have it. It's true. This is a very busy, busy life for all of us. And as my episode a couple episodes ago explained, like there's just not time. So it's a little shorty today, and hopefully these are helpful tips, things you can do to habit stack in order to really embrace your health, take care of yourself, and self-care. Okay, so here are the five health goals, some of the biggest, most impactful things that you can do for your health that, frankly, we're sometimes forgetting to do or we just don't have time to put towards ourselves. And I know this because I'm hearing this from my clients. I'm hearing this from friends. I'm seeing this in myself that, oh, wow, I'm I'm letting these things slip by the wayside. So five really impactful yet simple things that can help your, your health. Number one, move your body. Okay. Number two, eat whole foods. Three, drink water. Four, get some sleep. And five, get outside. Okay. Simple. Sounds simple, right? Not so simple as we know. Let's talk about some ways to sprinkle this into your day so that doesn't add any extra time and it makes this just a part of who you are. You're adding it onto something you're already doing. We'll start with moving your body. So I learned recently about the concept of NEAT non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is such an interesting concept. And I think it's really freeing because it gives us permission to count the movement that we're doing throughout the entire day as a part of this like overarching movement goal. So what is NEAT? NEAT is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it is anything that is not sleeping or eating or exercising. It might be, you know, you're walking around your house, you're on the phone, you're standing while you're working, you're walking your dog, you're just fidgeting while you're watching TV, you're cleaning the house, you're playing with your kids. Like all of these things take energy. And they're really helpful because they do think about this. Like they're burning calories. Not that we're worried about burning calories, but like we need to use the fuel that we consume within our bodies and they allow us to get that movement in throughout the day so that we're more tired when we go down for sleep, that we're burning off those things that we need to burn off in order to survive. It's really, it's that non-structured movement but it's so key and it really does affect our health. So take a second and think about like, what is your neat throughout the day? Could you get some more in? Could that mean, you know, you're taking away your chair when you're walking or walking and you're working and just stand, you know, grab your laptop and do it at the kitchen counter. Or if you have like a, a standing desk, great. Um, could you take your phone call on a walk today? Could you play with your kids? Could you get outside and actually play with them? Is that something that you know fits in your day? I've really started to incorporate this, this concept of neat. And I, I'm watching it on my step school. And it's crazy how many, how many more steps I'm getting in and how much more movement I'm getting in when I 
just think about the concept of neat and avoid being overly sedentary. So yeah, like please rest everyone, please sit down and have, you know, some time to yourself, but take some time to pull that chair away and just move. If you're going to watch TV, what if you watched it while like standing up or doing some air squats? Like what if that, what if you did, right? Just get a little bit more movement in and it goes so, so far. It's not adding any extra time into your day and makes a really big difference. The second thing about movement that's really helpful and really freeing when you're thinking about this is that you do not need an hour long workout in your day in order to like be successful, quote unquote, successful with movement. Research shows that really only 20 to 30 minutes is all you need. And so that's why I love those bite-sized workouts on things like the Peloton app. There's YouTube videos, things that are just, again, 20 to 30 minutes, squeeze it in, in between meetings, squeeze it in between, you know, school pickups. Like when can you get this in? Only 20 to 30 minutes, tack it onto something else you're doing. Maybe you have to listen to a meeting and you don't have to be on camera. Can you squeeze in a 20 to 30 minute workout? And it can be so simple. It could be bodyweight strength training. It can be a quick yoga practice. It could be a walk outside. These don't have to be epically long workouts. I admittedly was always in that concept or always sort of thought that like, we need to sweat our faces off and we need to exert, exert, exert in order to feel the success, the, you know, like that we've done something in a workout and that it has to be, you know, an hour plus. I used to go to like 75 minute hot yoga sculpt classes on Saturday mornings. Now I'm like, couldn't be me. (laughs) No way. There's no time that I have to actually do, you know, that long of a practice. So those shorty workouts and when you can squeeze them in are all you really need. As long as you're getting in that like goal of 150 minutes of, of movement throughout the week, sprinkle it in wherever you can. That's all. All right. When you are, this is my favorite habit stack for movement that I do myself, um, that I encourage clients, like anyone, so simple. Have, if you've got some free weights around the house or you don't have free weights, um, maybe grabbing even like some heavier soup cans, something that's heavy. And while you're making your coffee in the morning, do some bicep curls. That is it. I learned this from the host of Feel Better, Live More. If you ever heard that podcast, it's a really good one, Dr. Chatterjee. And he talks about all these really simple ways to get movement in. And that's one that he does. He's British. So they have tea in the morning and he's making his tea and he just does some bicep curls. And he really noticed a difference in strength by adding in, say, 25, 30 bicep curls that he added on to his morning coffee routine. So when can you add in something really simple like that? It could be squats if you don't have a set of of weights. It could be taking those those soup cans and doing some overhead presses, like really anything. So simple movement, building a little bit of strength, a little resistance, but you're not adding anything into your day. It's a part of what you're already doing. And then I already mentioned this one, but walking. When can you squeeze in a walk? It is one of the best things that we can do for our body for a lot of reasons. It gets us outside, which is another one on the list. Tack that one on the list. It allows our bodies to tap into 
the parasympathetic nervous system by expanding our view into panoramic view, seeing a much bigger picture, getting out of our house, and we're moving our bodies. We're getting the heart rate up, maybe not super high, but enough that it's getting the blood flowing. The body is able to, again, use the energy that it's storing. And that's so key. That helps with stress. That helps with sleep. When you can get outside, go for a walk at any time in the day, it makes a huge difference into you know how you're feeling, how your health is being optimized. When can you squeeze that walk in? Can you tack it onto a call? Can you tack it onto a class? Is there any time, can you ask your partner to watch the kids for 20 minutes while you go outside and you take a walk at the end of the day or the beginning of the day? I've been using walks for all of my classes, for my health coaching classes, uh, which I am almost done with. So excited. (laughs) And when I have, because the classes are 90 minutes, three times a week. And so I get outside and I try to walk during those. And I find that one, I'm a lot more focused because I can't like open multiple browsers on my computer. I'm listening to what's happening and I'm still moving my body. I'm more focused and I'm, I'm learning and retaining the information. It makes me think a lot about learning, learning environments and how kids are asked to sit. It's just like a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but I, I really encourage when learning new things, you know, how can you get your body to feel safe? And by moving, for many of us, that's where we feel is safest. Not sitting, not having to like laser focus in and, and start to feel stress, moving the body. So maybe you go for a walk and you listen to a podcast. Maybe you don't listen to anything. But how can you add in just a little bit of a walk, a little bit of movement throughout the day? So those are four simple tips to get in some movement. Hopefully it doesn't add any extra time, but gets your body out there. The next one, eating whole foods. Admittedly, friends, this is by far the hardest one for me. Convenience foods are so easy, and I am often just eating to satiate my body, to avoid my blood sugar getting super low, eating off the kids' plates, eating for convenience. And what I know is that I don't feel good when I do this, and that I do have to take a little bit of time, not a lot, maybe 10 minutes at the beginning of the week, to have a plan for what I'm eating so that I can get the groceries that nourish my body and my family's body, that give me the energy to feel like I can keep going, that I can sustain the day. So again, this is this is by far the hardest for me, but I'm finding I'm getting better at it. The more that I think about it each week, the more that I dedicate to you know, doing a little bit of planning, it becomes easier. It becomes second nature. It's habits stacked into the day. One thing that I've done that has made a big difference is to reduce decision fatigue as it relates to my meals. And so that's things like lots of ways that you can do this for your family. Things like Taco Tuesdays where you just, you have tacos on Tuesday, okay? That we don't have to think about a new meal this week. Um, Meatless Mondays, like theming your, your meals is such a great way to reduce some of that decision fatigue and having to choose what you're making every week, what you're planning, it's already done for you. Another thing is that I, I kind of eat a lot of the same things for my meals. For breakfast every day, I have three chicken sausages from Costco and I have a Greek yogurt with like 20 grams of protein. So it's like a ton of protein in this breakfast. It makes me feel really full. I enjoy it and I don't have to think about it in the morning. I just eat it. That takes a lot of stress off of my day to know what I'm eating and to know that I'm getting the protein that I need. So again, taking some of that decision fatigue out. The second thing that helps is to lead with protein. 
talked about this before when I talked about blood sugar in the episode I did on that prediabetes diagnosis that I received, that when we lead with protein, we think about what it is, what's the meal going to look like? But first and foremost, what protein are you getting as a part of that meal? And then everything else is sort of auxiliary. Again, it makes it a lot easier. It's like, okay, well, for dinner, I have shrimp in the house, so I'm going to do shrimp tacos. Great easy. Or I have some ground beef. I'm going to make some spaghetti. The kids want noodles. I want to just throw in some zucchini noodles so that I can get a lower amount of carbs and still get tons of protein, right? So thinking first and foremost of what that protein is. If you're plant-based, there's so many ways to do this as well, whether it be beans or nuts, legumes, Um, using things like quinoa, which is a whole protein. There's so many ways that you can get it in. Lead with the protein first. And then finally, this has been something that's been, I've talked to, this doesn't work for me, I have to admit, but I know a lot of people this does work, is to kind of create aesthetic to your meal planning setup, okay? You're like, what, what do you mean? Well, if you're somebody who likes to meal plan, make it an actual event. Put it on your calendar, whenever you like to do it, most of us do it on Sundays, light a candle, like get out your water and have a moment with this. Like give it the time and the energy that it needs. Give it a little aesthetic. (laughs) How does meal planning fit into your day? How can you make it something that like give it the energy that it needs? Again, it doesn't have to be long, maybe 10 minutes to sit down and kind of craft out your week in terms of what you're eating for your whole foods, things that are going to stabilize you, keep you satiated through the week. But give it that time and energy and make it an event, make it kind of fun. Maybe you do it with your partner, maybe you do it with your family, whatever systems that you've created honor that. And and again, make it this sort of aesthetic event if that is motivating and helpful to you. All right, next on the list is drinking water. When I tell you, friends, how many of my clients are working on this as a health goal is to just drink water, you would be, you'd probably feel so good that like, oh, okay, it's not just me. It is not just you. It is a lot of focus to drink enough water to sustain our bodies in both food, movement, and now water. So adding this in, it's a lot. And I want to acknowledge that. Like these are not easy things. Drinking water throughout the day though is so key into feeling energized, into being true and hydrated, yes, but just like having those natural systems working properly, digestion, being able to sleep and not wake up from dehydration or potentially too much water at the end of the day and then having to wake up to go to the bathroom, right? Like there's a system to this. This is not as simple as we say it is. And so setting up thinking just a little bit about how you can drink enough water in the day is so helpful and it's gonna honor your body. It's gonna make you feel a lot better. So let's talk about some of the easy ways to drink more water. First and foremost, friends, drink a big old glass of water at the beginning of the day. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning, before your coffee, before your bicep curls, if you're adding those in, (laughs) big old water. If it can be room temperature, great, because that's what's best for the body at that time. But if you like cold water like I do in the morning, then drink cold water. What works best for you? Um, maybe you're more of like a hot water with lemon kind of girly. Great. Just drink some water. Someone has described this as like, you know, watering the plant at the beginning of the morning after it's kind of, you know, it's been dehydrated. You've been dehydrated the entire night as you have not been drinking water. And now you need to do that. Drink a big old glass of water, maybe two if you can. Okay. Second, drink the water earlier in the day. What we know about 
you know, our body and its ability to process is like, it's pretty normal to wake up, say one time to go to the bathroom. But outside of that, you're not wanting to get up more than once to go to the bathroom. And so by drinking water earlier in the day, you give your body that fuel that it needs. Then you can cut it off towards the end of the day, say after dinner or so, maybe a little glass of water before bed, but not a whole lot of water so that you can sleep more soundly. So prioritizing that water at the beginning of the day. How do you do that? That is really up to you, friends. That's something that like you can, you know, what motivates you? Is it a cute water bottle? Is it having the water visually in front of you? Is it reminders on your phone, like actual alarms that say drink water, right? There's so many ways, but you're going to respond best to what works best for you. Knowing that this is a priority though, and just taking a little bit of time to think about it will set you up for success because this is a priority, right? It's a priority for you. It's simple, but it is so important to your overall health. Um, Something I've done recently to drink more water is like I said, I like cold water and our ice machine in our fridge has been broken for like since we've moved into this house. And we try to get a fix and it's just like, nah, then a whole thing. So I finally just went on flipping Amazon and I bought a cheapo like ice maker machine for under a hundred bucks. And I'm obsessed. Like we laugh because it's so loud and it's really ugly and it sits on the countertop, but like it's our family, it's our family workhorse because it is just, it works around the clock and we use it. We like empty that water container or that ice container all the time. And we use the ice and it's, I'm drinking more water. I'm putting it into my water bottle. I'm putting it into my drinks and I'm, I'm drinking more fluids because of it. So for me, motivation is clearly ice. (laughs) But again, think about what it is. Like, what is it that allows you to feel like, oh yeah, I'm going to remember to do this. Um, I recently had a client, which is thought this was a genius idea, who decided to get a water feature, like a little, you know, waterfall on her desk to remind her that she needs waters to sustain life. She's very fiery and earthbound in her chart. And this was something that was really helpful to have a water feature. I love that idea. It was so creative. Um, So again, think about what it is that you can do to get more water in throughout the day. Number four, sleep. I have to kind of lead with, I know a lot of you have sleep challenges, whether that be, you know, insomnia, whether that be anxiety, whether that be kids waking you up. There's so much to this and it it is simple, but it's also very not simple. So some of these tools, some of these things that I'm going to add for sleep are just again looking at that evening routine and your sleep hygiene because this is one way that we can just set ourselves up for success and you know see what happens from there tweak as we need after that okay so I'm going to give you a quick high overview of sleep hygiene the things that you can do to set yourself up for success. Now, this is probably the most, this, the longest list, the most to-do list items on this particular episode. If you want this in a resource, I have it as like a PDF, um, shoot me a DM and I'd be happy to send it to you. So just a little checklist of evening routines, of things that you can do to build a sleep sanctuary, okay? Set yourself up for success so that sleep is something that you're getting, right? Even when you're not, at least you know that you've done the things you need to do in order to get as much sleep as you possibly can. Okay, first, try to go to bed at the same time every night. Within an hour or so, even on the weekends, even on vacation, if you can go to bed at the same time, your body gets into that natural circadian rhythm. Super helpful. Two, set a bedtime that is early enough for you so that you can get at least seven to eight hours of sleep. Seven, is that like 
kind of the minimum of what is recommended for our health. Um, some of us need more. Some of us might need a little bit less. But seven is, again, we're, we're doing pretty good if we're getting between seven and eight hours of sleep. Three, establish a relaxing bedtime routine, which we'll talk about here in a second. Number four, use your bed only for sleep and sex. So we're not working in bed. We're not, you know, having any sort of like, some people like to eat in bed. Theoretically, you're not doing that in bed. You're just sleeping and intimate, right? That's it. That's all that's there for sleep. Number, I don't know what number on these aren't numbered. So I'm just gonna keep going. (laughs) Declutter your bedroom. So that's a relaxing space. So if you've got a lot of stuff all over the floor, even literally just, can you hide it? Can you hide it in the little closet? Um, Having your room be really relaxing, really simplified is going to make you feel relaxed in your space. Set your bedroom temperature to somewhere between 60 to 68 degrees. So that's pretty low, but that allows your body to, you know, truly stay sleeping. A lot of times we wake up because we're hot. So if you're somebody who is waking up a lot, look at your temperature of your room. You might need to lower it a little bit. Limit exposure to bright light in the evening. So that means like those overhead lights, screens. And if you can turn off your electronics for at least 30 minutes before bedtime, that's going to make a really big difference. You guys know this one. Um, And then as as well, ensure that your bedroom is really dark. So blackout shades are great. Um, Even covering up like small electronic lights that emit a lot of light with like stickers. As dark as you can possibly get your bedroom, the better. We have blackout shades in all of our bedrooms. And then I have one of those clocks that gets really bright in the morning so that I'm woken up by light, not natural light, but like this light that slowly comes on. And I don't even actually hear an alarm because it wakes me up. It's so dark in the room. And then this bright clock is what wakes me up. And it's been kind of nice. It actually works pretty well. Avoid really vigorous exercise or caffeine and especially alcohol later in the evening as this can disrupt sleep big time. Sometimes that's like the only time we can get in a workout. So if you are like, that's the only time I can work out is before bed, maybe you do something that's less cortisol inducing. So something even like weightlifting, like it's not going to get that, that high energy sort of like stimulated feeling that you might have if you're doing something like cardio. So maybe restorative yoga class, maybe a little bit of strength training. If you need to get in a workout at the end of the day, if you can avoid exercise, um, you know, within a few hours of sleep, that's going to help you sleep a little bit better as well. Don't eat a super large meal before bedtime, but if you are hungry at night, eating something like a bedtime snack can actually be really helpful. I learned this through, um, again, my journey with prediabetes is that my blood sugar was dropping in the middle of the night to the point that like my CGM would wake me up, my alarm would go off, that it was super low. And so I started to need to eat a bedtime snack. Um, And it was just a small combination of carbs and protein. So like a yogurt and an apple or like an apple and peanut butter or like a couple of veggies and some hummus, something that's like that was satiating, but still gave me um, a little bit of carbs and again, protein so that I could sustain the evening and my blood sugar didn't drop. So I'm a big fan of the bedtime snack, friends. Reduce your fluid intake before bedtime, which we already talked about. Avoid overstimulating or stress inducing conversations. Okay, this is a good one, friends. Think about this one as it relates to like what you're doing right before bed. The other night I happened to look at my phone right before bed and like something came up that just sort of irked me and I could not sleep the entire night and I didn't even have to look at my phone before bed. I had actually put it away 
I don't know why I looked at it right before I went upstairs and it totally affected my sleep. This is hard, I admit, but like if you can avoid things that are that are stimulating, phone is one of them. Also things like listening to podcasts. I know a lot of you like to listen to podcasts before bed. Ask yourself, is it relaxing you or is it stimulating you? I find that podcasts, especially even you know health and wellness ones, are really stimulating because they make me feel a little bit like, oh, like I have to go do something right now. I have to like add this onto my list. Um, I'm learning something great, but like it's making me feel a little bit, um, there's a little should there. And so listening to podcasts before bed keeps me up. So, you know, again, look at what your routine is. Is something overstimulating? Could it be potentially stress inducing before bed? And then finally, consider white noise or like some sort of sound machine in your room that's gonna black out other distracting noises. That's all some simple things, you guys, that you can do to get better sleep, that's sleep hygiene. And then part two of this, next week we're gonna build evening routines, okay? We're gonna build some simple, simple, habit-stacked evening routines to get you ready for sleep. So you've got your sleep hygiene ready to go, which we just went through, and now we'll build out an evening routine. So make sure you tune in to next week's episode on evening routines. Look at a little astrology in there because there's definitely some some habits that some of you are going to enjoy more than others based on your chart. All right, last one, everybody, getting outside. Hopefully the simplest, but one of them, I mean, they're all so impactful. I can't really wait any of these. Getting outside is so helpful. Here's why. In the morning, it sets your circadian rhythm into motion. If you can get outside at some point throughout the day, get your feet on the ground, put those little bare feet in the grass, it truly brings your body into rest and digest, right? That exchange of, of what is it, positive ions, negative ions? I can't remember what the, what the actual exchange is, but there is a reason why grounding exists, right? Putting your feet on the ground and being a part of this earth, getting your body to slow down does not take long. If you can get outside for three, five minutes, walk around barefoot, great. You don't have to be barefoot. If it's middle of winter, just sit outside in the morning, look at the sun as it's, don't look at the sun, that's wrong. <laughs> look at the sky as you're waking up and it sets that circadian rhythm into motion. Another great way to do this is to take an evening stroll at the end of the day, maybe bring the family with after a meal, get outside, watch the sunset, okay? Get outside if you can, short bursts, it's shocking really how often um, we might go an entire day without really getting outside. Um, the winter is hard. I admit the winter is really, really hard. And my favorite advice is this is there's not bad weather. There's just bad outfits. I am the queen of throwing on those ridiculous little large, like I'm in snow pants. I'm in a full snow suit walking around outside. <laughs> takes a little extra time to put it on, but I'm all, I never regret it. I'm always so happy that I've gotten outside and gotten sun into my eyes that I'm feeling like, okay, I'm out of the house for even just a little bit. Um, those of us that work from home, right? This is, this is important. Okay. I want to give you at the end of this episode, just, I'm going to give you a little like example for today of how you can get all of these things in a to-do list. Not really, but just like, if you want to get all of these in, here's how you're going to do it. You could start today. Okay. First, do those bicep curls while you're making your morning coffee or your tea or whatever morning drink. Grab that glass of water, drink your glass of water while your coffee is being made. You're doing your bicep curls. You're drinking your water. All right. You've already hit two. Reach for something like an apple with a little bit of peanut butter or again, like I said, like celery and hummus or some veggies and hummus instead of a processed snack today, okay? 
Think about what you've got in your house, make it super simple, and instead of reaching for a processed snack, reach for something, a whole food snack instead. Go for a walk or just set out, step outside at sunset tonight, five minutes, get outside, watch the sunset, or dusk, it doesn't even have to be sunset if that's too late for you. And finally, do a short calming meditation when you lay down for bed tonight instead of something that's super stimulating. Um, you know, it could be, I love Kelly's, who was on the episode last week, Kelly Smith. She's got tons that are short meditations that you could do at the end of the day. Something super simple, five minutes, maybe find one on YouTube just to get you calm at the end of the day. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's what you're going to add in for the day. Hopefully this doesn't feel like too, if it does feel like too much, just pick one of these, pick one of these things that you want to do and stick to that goal. Habits stack these things in wherever you can in your day and know everybody that this stuff is hard, that it is okay to feel like, man, I can't, how do I do all of this? Give it just a little bit of thought. Embrace that Mercury retrograde in Virgo in order to look at your systems, look at the details throughout the day, review, revise, and set yourself up for success because you deserve this. This is vital to your health and well-being and your priorities, your needs matter. Remember that. All right, everybody, um, before we go, I have a very fun event happening next week, next Wednesday at 1130. We're doing a little goal setting um, group coaching session. So if you want to be a part of that, it's totally free and just a great way for this community to come together. I'm going to be doing more of those little pop-up opportunities to, you know, anything that you're working on as it relates to health and wellness, hop in, let's brainstorm, let's talk about your goals and how to actually set those like tangible goals. It's really interactive, just a shorty 30 minute workshop, totally free. You can sign up for that in um, the show notes. And if you are not already a part of the community, make sure to hop on our newsletter. I try to send those out twice a month with self-care tips, with events coming up with episodes that you might have missed. And yeah, I I try not to spam you. Hopefully it's just helpful information. Thanks for tuning in, friends. I'm hearing from you that you like these little solo episodes with tangible tips and more coming your way. I'm so, so grateful for you. Have a great weekend and I'll see you next week.